Welcome to Life in Private Staffing with me, Philippa Smith, MD of Silver Swan Recruitment. As we all know, the private sector is a pretty crazy one. Not only can it be very challenging to work in, but it can be pretty lonely too, as let's face it, no one really understands what it is that we do. So let's come together, help, support, educate and inspire one another, and hopefully we'll have a laugh along the way. Welcome back, everyone. Hope you're all well. Hope you've all had a good couple of weeks. So coming up today, we've got Emma on the show today. Emma has, to be fair, transitioned into the sector fairly recently, but is an award-winning, award-winning at what she does already. So um, having had a long, long career in the real estate market, uh, she sold her business and uh, moved into the private sector. And she now uh, works as an estate manager, um, looking after two very expensive holiday lets. And she also offers a you know sort of a luxury lifestyle management uh, service to a handful of her clients where she's a private PA and she can organize anything that needs doing. Um, she has clients down in South Bank, she has clients in London, and then where she is based in Dorset as well. So lots to talk to her about um, and also find out how she managed to be award-winning in the space of a year or two. So that's great. Before we get stuck into it, as always, let's have a mention to our lovely sponsor, Kelly Dixon at Estate Management Systems. As you all know, she's put together a fantastic tool for all estate managers or PAs or anyone ultimately running a home or multiple homes for the client. It's a tool that basically does everything you need to do from managing contractors, managing staff, managing people's to-do lists, managing finances, budgets, etc. So anything, everything there that you would need in one place to help you do your job. It's a bespoke project management tool and it's discounted for all of you um, using the code Life in Private Staffing 25 gives you 25% discount. So check her out, Estate Management Systems, and uh, yeah, go, go and see what she's offering. It's fantastic. Fab, all right then, well, let's get started. Hello, Emma, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm very well, and yourself? Good, thank you. I'm all good. It's nice to talk to you finally. We've been talking about doing this for a little while, haven't we? Oh, I know. And I feel a bit bad, but I have been a bit ill, but I'm I'm back on board again now. So I'm all fine. Set to go. <laughs> yeah, no, don't you, don't you worry. I don't want people to be coming on if they're not feeling very well. We want you uh, at your best. <laughs> so we're all good. We're all good. So should we start then by you telling us a little bit about you and what it is that you do in the private sector at the moment? Yeah, sure. So at the moment, I look after a couple of estates, quite large estates with some clients of mine. Um, I'm also a freelance PA, a concierge. So, you know, if anybody wants me to arrange flights or tickets somewhere, um, if they want to go away abroad for a couple of weeks, the large estates I look after uh, we have guests that come here every week and I arrange their chefs for them and their staff. Wow. So that must be busy because it's obviously temporary staff rather than permanent staff. And I know all too well how uh, labour intensive it is to organise temporary staff. Do you know what? I think um, it is. Yeah. And I used before I did this, I had my own estate agents. I had three shops and I had quite a lot of staff. And I always found the staff were the bugbear. Getting somebody in reliable, that wants to work, keen and all of that. Difficult. I know I'm I know I'm a recruiter, but recruitment is like the bane of my life in the sense that I absolutely have no issues recruiting for other people. I've, I'm very confident recruiting for other people. When it comes to recruiting for myself, I hate 
it with a passion. Whenever I'm recruiting here at Office Angels, like I'm hiring all the time, we're expanding really quickly. And I use I use agencies, I use recruitment agencies to help me with my recruitment. And I hate recruiting for myself. I don't know why, but I hate it. But like I could, I'll recruit, I'll recruit you a recruitment consultant, no problem. Hate recruiting myself a recruitment consultant. Yeah, no, I'm exactly the same, actually. When I used to recruit my staff in my offices, I used to, it used to be a real pain. But actually, many, many moons ago, I used to do your job. So I used to work for a firm for about a year do, doing that. So I know how hard it is as well. Really tough, but a good job that you do. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's when it comes to recruiting for yourself, you're so much like more emotionally invested. And so you therefore question every decision that you make. And, you know, and you sort of, but but when you recruit for somebody else, maybe that sort of emotional aspects not involved. So you can look at it a bit clearer, maybe. I think, but I think this is true for a lot of recruiters. I think a lot of recruitment recruiters are not confident recruiting for themselves, but they are incredibly confident recruiting for the people. It's very strange. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree with you. <laughs> so let's take it right. Let's take it right back then. So I want to obviously go into what you do at the moment in a lot more detail in terms of uh, your sort of service offering. But let's take it right back. So you touched on the fact there that you are um, you have a real estate background. I do, yes. When I was 21, I decided to open up my own shop. And that day, actually, that I arranged to open up, I actually opened up two estate agents the same day in different towns. And looking back now, it was frantic, as you do, thinking, oh, no, it'll be fine. I can cope with it. And and it worked. It was fine. And then I had that estate agent for 18 years. I expanded into three shops, had quite a lot of staff. And then I got approached by a corporate company to see if I wanted to sell the business. And actually, at that time, I thought, you know what, I've done my stint doing this now. I'm quite happy to pass the reins to someone else. So they bought the company. I did my handover with them for nine months. And then I had about a year off to decide what I wanted to do. And I always thought I would never go back to dealing anything like what I've dealt with 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 the estate agents. Um, But as it happens, I've gone straight back into it. And that's what I deal with now. But do you know what? I think the experience I gained from there has given me the insight for what I do now. When you run your own firm and you've got your own staff you have to get up you know first thing and you've got to stay there until the work is done and you always want to make sure that you give your clients the best and I've always maintained that and I always said to myself the first day I opened up the first shop I always said if I didn't want to create the best of the best that was the time to leave um so I spent all that time yeah giving every same of me every day and and now I can use those tools for the work that I do now. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. I think the minute you're not like loving it as much as you did at the beginning is probably a sort of time t- time to leave. Also, I think sale any kind of sales background is such a good foundation for anything you sort of do moving forward. Yeah, like it's a brutal, especially recruitment and real estate, proper sort of spit and sawdust type sales environment. But you know, I've I've never wanted Silver Swan to be that hard driven sales, but. I learned so much being in a really hardcore sales environment back in the day. It's it's, it's good foundation to move on with, like you say, so many transferable skills. Yeah, of course it is, you know, and um, and now it's just, well, it's me and my other half and we've got a few staff and stuff, but I'm quite happy, I'm content um, and, you know, I get to do different things each day and I think with our work, being able to, 
have a different hat hat on every hour of the day is what I like. Just having to someone ring me up going, can I have X, Y, and Z? And then someone else might ring me and they want something else, which, which is great. I'm happy with that. Yeah, it's a variety. So where are you based, by the way? Well, I live in a coastal town called Bridport, Dorset, but I got an office uh, in Sandbanks, which is near Poole. And I got an office in London, but I'm just about to open up an office in my own hometown. I've got an office at home where I'm based quite a lot of the time doing um, all my work, but I've decided to have an office there now. So that opens the 1st of March. Nice. And is that like a sort of shop front type office? So it's just sort of, or is it just an office where you can just get out of your house and go and sit at a desk and work elsewhere? It's going to be, it's not going to have a shop front. It's a place where my clients can come to if they're coming through that way or new clients down there. So yeah, I'm really keen to to have that again because I haven't had my office for quite a long time uh, since I sold my Mm. estate agents. That was quite hard to transition from having an office to go to every day. And then you get up and you go to your office at home. But for me, it's worked out well, but I just want to have somewhere else to go now. So because I think home is home, work is work. Yeah. Agreed. For me as well. I come to the office every day. I don't expect my staff to, but I come to the office every day. If I'm at home, I get distracted with washing and Amazon deliveries and emptying the dishwasher and just stuff that I could do without doing in my day. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Oh, I just have a bit of a snack. <laughs> Something like that, isn't it? There's only For me, there's only so many times I can open the fridge door and look at an empty fridge and shut the fridge door again in a day. Oh, I know. Yeah. how funny I do exactly the same (laughs) okay so let's talk about your transition then into the private sector so when you were doing the real estate were you selling or renting out particularly like top level homes or was it quite quite sort of you know run-of-the-mill type properties and if so what was it then that sort of got you into you know servicing ultra high net worths um do you know, when I had the estate agency, it was run-of-the-mill stuff, so to speak, a normal townhouse or farmhouse, because where my estate agents was, it's it's quite small, the towns. So, and then it was interesting, really, because when I left, when I sold the business, and then I thought, what shall I do? What can I do different? Or shall I just stick with what I'm good, good at? I got approached by a client to say that there is a large house up at Lulworth Cove um, and they were looking for someone to run the estate and to look after the guests and to look after all the chefs and the staff coming in and out. They said, you know, give her a ring. She's quite keen to speak to you. And I've been working for her for two and a half years, actually. And I suppose that's how I kind of thought, well, maybe I could now take this to the next stage. I worked for her, well, I've been working for her for two and a half years, but for the for the first year, it was just her. And then I thought, because all the clients that we have coming in, it's a very expensive house to stay. It's 20, 20 grand a week to stay at this house. So we have a certain amount of clients coming in that, that earn a, a certain amount. So, and one of the clients that we had coming in here loved it down here so much that they bought a second home. And they asked me to take care of their house for them here, just for them, just like like security checks and arranging the gas checks and all that kind of stuff. And then I thought, well, do you know what? I've got the, the client base coming in through the door, which I see every week. 
um, I decided then to expand it. And that's where I am now. So I've expanded it and I'm like a free a freelance PA now as well for, for a client of mine. Um, and it just goes from there. That, that, that's how I kind of started it, really, by accident, I think. So many people, when they start doing this type of work, it generally falls down to um, contacts and being in the right place at the right time with your first sort of client. And then once you're in the sector, it's sort of networking. And, and I think in this industry, a, lo- a lot of the business that we, well, most of the business we get is word of mouth because everybody at this level, they'd rather not go on Google to find someone to, you know, work with them or come into their multi-million pound home. They want to know that someone's, you know, credible and trustworthy and good and take it from there. So my advice, yeah, to anybody sort of looking to get into it, hang out with the right people and do a good job from day one and it will naturally sort of organically grow. I completely agree with you, you know, and I think our roles have really transformed over the years, you know, especially with like the PA work, everyone's perception years and years ago, you know, was somebody sat behind a desk Take, take, taking notes, you know, but now we are their right arm. You know, we do everything f- for them to prep them for that particular day, the month, whatever. And we take care of anything from their food to suits to going out and stuff like that. So it, we have really transformed our roles now. So I think also to a degree without us, I think that they would find it hard to cope in the outside world. I completely agree. And I think as I think someone who has a PA probably thinks, oh, I could probably live without one. There's not a huge amount they do. Until they don't have that person, they realise how much that person actually does. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love doing the work. But I think in a, what we don't always have is uh, someone to appreciate what it takes to do our job, you know, how many times we have to think all the time, changing our hats, like I said before, um, having like 10 different things on the go, making sure everything's all correct. It's, it can, you know, it's hard. Of course it's hard. But um, so I think it's a certain skill skill set to carry out that job, definitely. Yeah, I agree. And being able to answer your phone at three in the morning because someone's stuck at the airport with the flight that isn't running, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Or if you've got a book, a card to pick up your client from the airport, there's always that fear that you sent them to the wrong place <laughs> all the wrong time. Yeah. Oh. oh, goodness. That hasn't happened. Good. Um, so your role sounds like it's such a nice balance, really, because you've got your two estates that you sort of look over, uh, sort of oversee, and that must involve sort of from facilities to looking after clients to any sort of requests there. But then you've also got your sort of handful of private clients that could use you for anything. So that's a really nice sort of combination, I, I think. Yeah, do you know, it's worked out really well. You know, everything, you know, takes a lot of work. And even though I've been self-employed all of my working life, it's still, you know, you have to get up every day and be the same as though it, it, it was your first day on the job, which is what I said before, mm. you know, and to provide everybody with the best that you can. It's not always going to work out. You know, you can't please every client out there, uh, which is why, you know, mm. I'm fortunate that I can kind of like handpick as well. Yeah, that's nice. That's a really nice position to be in. 
No. But I also, what you're doing now, I think is important that you handpick because if you if you end up taking anybody that wants your services and then you don't have the right connection with somebody, you're not going to give them a very good service. Because I think with what you do, that personality no. match really needs to be there. And so you do need to pick your clients carefully in order for you to give them your best service. Absolutely. You know, and it's trust. You know, someone's putting their life in your hands to a degree. They're exposing everything in their life because particularly as like a, a PA, you see the, the bad and the worst of what's going on in that, whatever they're going through at that given time in their life. You know, so trust is really key as well. Yeah, 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 yeah I can imagine. Um, and so you're obviously dealing with ultra high net worths all the time. What would you say is one of your sort of most challenging areas of your job? I would probably say, and there's not so much as the toughest part of my job, but when I'm expecting, you know, say one of the estates I look after, the guests to arrive, everything has to be perfect, you know, from the girls that actually clean the property, the chefs arriving, the flowers being there, the house just being just so for them for when they arrive, because especially the times that we've gone through in the last year and a half, everyone's now going away more home-based, aren't they? They aren't going abroad as much. So they expect more, I think, now. And of course, what they're paying. Um, so I think for me, from that day that they arrive until they've arrived and then I go through the house with them, that for me is quite stre- stressful because I want them to be content and happy with the house and with the reception and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's stressful because it's kind of out of your control. It's, it's in your control to a degree in terms of your organising it, but it's also out of your control because you're relying on other staff members to be delivering that level of service. It is, yeah, you know, and everyone has a, it expects certain things. Everyone's very different. So, yeah, but what I love the most is, is that when I come back to see them after they stayed here, to check them out and to say goodbye and making sure they're coming back, that they are content. And lucky you know i've had this house that i look after for two and a half years the bookings the person that looked after the house before really wasn't very good at their job and now we're booked up back to back and every client that leaves is content and i know then that i've done my job yeah nice so are you also managing those bookings or are you just there sort of the face meet and greet and running of the week no, we um, most of the clients are sourced by a company called the Wow House Group. Um, certainly, definitely a, web, web, a website to go on because what they look after, you know, stunning. And so they create all of the clients coming in and then I would take care of it from here. I'll ring them before they arrive, find out what any specifications they want or if um, they've got dogs arriving, sort out the dog bed and just small things like that. Try and get a gauge for them. I did... We had I've had one client actually that stayed a year ago and she's the one that bought the second home here. So, and I wanted it to be special for them. So what I did was I knew that, um, so I went back on to when they got married and saw the colour of the flowers she had, that she had. So I designed the house in, in, within the same, which I think is quite a nice touch. All those little extra touches, it's just, it, it's just so noticeable, isn't it? And like, she would have noticed that and been like, oh my God, I had one fairly recently. I flew out to Dubai. Um, I flew out to Dubai probably, oh, I don't know, but it was now, but a couple of years ago I went to Dubai and um, a travel agent, Ed, who's also a friend, had organized the trip and organized a hotel. And me and my husband arrived at the hotel and Fre- 
we've got two kids now, but we had one kid then. And in our room was a framed picture of our son. How cute is that? Amazing. And you know what? That just makes the difference, doesn't it? It makes a huge difference, you know. And really, the other nice thing is that when they leave here, we leave as friends, you know. And that, you know what, that's such a nice thing because you're, because you're sort of working in the private sector and working, you know, in in this world, but you've also at a certain level or in a certain position where you, you can have these lovely relationships with clients. Some people I know that work in the private sector aren't exposed to that side of it at all. And I know some people that work in very formal homes on a full-time basis, and they're not even really meant to speak to the family that they work for. And I know there's just two sides to it. There are quite relaxed homes. There are very formal homes. People, some people prefer the formal homes. Some people don't. So um, I can imagine you're the kind of person that, you know, you've got the personality that this suits, where you can have that relationship and have that connection as and when people come and go. So it's nice. Yeah, it is. You know, we had one of our guests, uh, we had a HRH day here, actually. And, um, you know, I've kept in touch since, since, since they were here and we exchanged cards and stuff. And, you know, I've come to the point in my career I suppose that I treat everybody the same and that's really key I think no one is above or below we are all the same and I think if you treat someone with that much respect I'd like to think you'd you'd get the same respect back yeah I agree and I think the, and I think wealth the, the ultra high net worth would appreciate being dealt with quite normally but equally the housekeeping staff would like to be dealt with quite normally so that is going to be appreciated top to bottom isn't it I've never been to Sandbanks. So yeah, tell me a bit about that. How do you even get down there? Well, do you know, it's a funny little story. Sandbanks, I, I was born around that area. So my aunties and uncles were all there anyway. But my partner now, uh, who helps me run the company, used to live there. So, and of course, I've made some friends over there. Um, and it's a really good place to work from in the job that I'm in, you know, so I've, I've met different clients over there and having an office there, which is really good. Plus also I come from around there. So it kind of made sense to really start off from there. But when I met my partner, he was still there. So, and then now he's come down to live with me. So it's kind of all merged. (laughs) Am I right in thinking the majority of the homes down there are sort of second homes rather than full-time residences? They are. Sandbanks is an exceedingly expensive part of the world to buy in, but on the same note, um, it's stunning there as well. With my world, it kind of really made sense to be there as well. So um, with the work that I do, in fact, really, the the whole, I'm very fortunate from I stretch down the whole of the coast, really, from Sandbanks to Lulworth Cove, where the other houses that I look after and stuff, all the way down to my hometown. So if you look on the map, it's one it's one big straight, straight line, which kind of like works for me. Yeah, it's nice. And I do, I do like the sort of idea of uh, being present in the sort of area that you're sort of working. That's how we sort of look when we're looking at expanding companies to where, where, where we want to have more offices. And ultimately, it's where we want to be offering our services I don't really like the idea so much obviously you have to to a degree where we're sat here and our clients are really far away yeah no sure I mean um with the PA work I work away quite a lot you know because the clients aren't based around here so a lot a lot of the work I do for them is obviously from home which is the service I offer but if they need me to go up there then obviously I'll, I'll go to them for the day what have you and I did that 
last week for a day, went to see a client of mine. So yeah, from that point of view, it's also quite nice that I get to go elsewhere (laughs) and see something new. Wow. Yeah. Lovely. Especially if you've got a a lifestyle that sort of allows that, why not get out and sort of see people? And also like, I know we've all adopted this, you know, virtual meetings and Zoom and stuff, but nothing beats face-to-face. Absolutely nothing beats face-to-face meetings. Yeah. Do you know, it's it's a bit of a gain. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Because this client I went to see, I've been working for them as their PA since last September. And and this is the first time I saw them face-to-face. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, other than on Zoom, but, you know, which is which is quite weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know I know two people that have started a company together. Um, they started a recruitment company together a year ago and didn't meet for about the first 10 months. They'd never met each other who they went into business with. That's mental. Do you know, it's the way of the world. And I think that's what we dealt with. You know, when, when we were told that fateful day that we couldn't go outside and we couldn't go anywhere, I mean, that day will stay with me. But um, then we just mm. adapted our lives to the net and to Zoom and to be in touch with friends and stuff. And I think since then as well, it's expanded obviously into our work. And really it works quite well, I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's amazing. I, I do, there is a lot of good that's come out of the pandemic and, and, and especially when it comes to ways of working and it sort of, you know, provides people lots of flexibility and you can do a lot more than you thought you could. But I will still yeah. always travel to meet with my clients. Fact. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I do agree with that. It's just it gave us a, a way to cope, I think, didn't it, for quite a while. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Fab, so if you were to speak to somebody now, if someone sort of came up to you and said, oh, I'm really, really thinking about sort of getting into doing what you do. I'd like to have, you know, a consultancy business and I offer sort of concierge service and private PA work. What advice would you give them? Would you say it's a g- good thing to consider or would you sort of put them off? I would definitely say it's probably the best thing to do it's the best thing to do for me um but i think if someone's wanting to start out and like we said earlier if you've got the contacts in place it makes the run a bit smoother you know i had this house i look after so i was able to establish that quite quick but i think unless you have that it can be quite hard but if you don't have have that and you want to start out then just keep d- doing it every day until until you get that something coming in and then once you've got that one thing on your desk to work with the rest will then come come in as well it just takes time yeah exactly it does take time and normally as well people that sort of think about doing something new they normally have some link to it already like i won't decide to be a pilot tomorrow you know I'd, I'd do something that i've already got some kind of experience in so i think anyone sort of thinking about doing this kind of stuff are probably in the right circles anyway but yeah i just think if, if someone's thinking about doing their own thing whether it's a consultancy business like emma or recruitment like mine think about your service offering Think about how you are going to differentiate a bit to other people or do things better and then shout about those differences, I think, to let people be very vocal, very visible in your market, let people know you're here, make a lot of noise, but mainly make a lot of noise uh, about, you know, how you're, why people should use you and how you're better, for sure. Moving on then. So what would you like to ask me anything? Why not ask me anything section? I'm a bit really nervous at these bits because I feel like I could be, I could be caught off guard with something horrible. <laughs> Uh, so I wanted to know why you started doing the podcasts. I think they're a great thing to do, 
but I'm just, you know, what was that day when you thought, do you know what, I'm going to go out and, and do and do this? The real answer is I was bored at the beginning of lockdown. <laughs> the other answer is what I often say is I think it's really nice to be able to give something back to the community and provide a platform for people to like yeah. listen and learn and we can come together and share and build a community, which it is all that. It is all that and more. And like, I love doing it, but it did all start. It was the beginning of lockdown. I'd furloughed half my staff. I was bored out of my brains and also shit myself a bit about my business and what we're going to do. I actually did a personal branding course. I didn't know much about personal branding. I didn't really know much about marketing, to be honest. And throughout the, throughout the course, I kept, basically I was an absolute sponge. I was like the course leader's dream. Because I was like, this is amazing. Like, how are we not doing personal branding? And, and what I've come out of it with is I think anybody in this sector, I think will have greater success rates if they have a strong personal brand. And that's not a company brand. Obviously, you can have a company brand and Silver Swan can be this and Silver Swan can be that. But if myself and some of my team members can have personal brands, it's that that I think people watching really buy into. They really buy into... If someone can like get to know you and like you, trust you, think you're credible, think you talk sense, um, all the rest, and they're more likely to buy from you, ultimately. And so I did this personal branding course. And one, and one thing that they sort of had a, like a module on was those that are interested, how to sort of set up and launch and, and, and host a podcast. And at the beginning, I had an absolute fear of public speaking. I still don't really like, look, this is fine because I'm sat in a room in front of a microphone, but I'd never yeah. get on a spare stage. I get asked to go and talk in schools. I couldn't think of anything worse than going and talking in a school. I get asked <laughs> to go and talk at job fairs, shit myself. So I can't bear the thought of talking in front of loads of people. So what actually is when this came up, I thought, you know what, I'm going to hate every minute of this, but I'm going to give it a go because, you know, overcome your fears and face your fears and stuff. And so I started doing that. So obviously I'm doing it because I wanted a personal brand. I want to let people in a bit. I wanted to, I wanted something to do. I wanted to do something that wasn't already there. But actually also what I found during it is um, I obviously started doing, I've always loved recruitment and I started my agency because I love recruitment and I used to spend my days talking to candidates, talking to clients. And then obviously as your agency grows, what naturally happens is you then, I you step away from doing the job that you love. And now I look at spreadsheets and I look at budgets and I look at my hiring strategy and my retention strategy. And I don't actually do any recruitment anymore. And no. and that's sad because that's the bit that I like. Um, and what I found with the podcast and what I'm loving about it is it's kind of like getting me back in the thick of it. And I'm talking to candidates every single week, clients, um, suppliers. And so I'm actually feeling a lot more involved than I used to. I've made loads of friends. And also, I think it's good for our agency because I'm talking to people all the time. I feel like I've got a very good understanding of the market, people's pain points, what people are struggling with, where people's issues are. And that enables us to sort of like look at, you know, our service offering to sort of meet those needs. So loads of reasons. But ultimately, I did it because I was bored out of my brains in, in lockdown. <laughs> Long story short. <laughs> Very honest answer. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. It's like when people say, where, where did the name Silver Swan come? And I'm like, oh, you know, if I was a, if I was a marketeer, I'd talk about, you know, being all graceful <laughs> while my legs are flapping in the weeds and all this like crap. In reality, I was sat in a pub and I literally couldn't think of a name and it was the name of a beer. And I was like, no, there's a, there a beer pub called Black Swan. And I was like, oh, Black Swan, Silver Swan, Silver Swan. And it was literally a beer pub. But obviously if anyone was to ask me, professionally I'd be like oh no it's you know it's, it's the whole it's our values it's our concept and all that 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, cool. So enough about me. Finally, then let's wrap this up by um, seeing if you've got a fabulous supplier that you'd like to recommend to everybody. Oh, well, down near where I live is a company called Robert's Food Service, um, and they supply all my hamper goodies for my clients. And it's great because I can handpick and change every week, and they're just the best. They're prompt, they're reliable, they're nice to talk to. Yeah, brilliant. Love that. And do they only do your area, or can I get, can, can, can I, um, get it in London? Unfortunately, they only do like the south, the south coast. But um, which is also probably why I use them as well. I tend to try and also sometimes use smaller firms around where I am to keep everyone going. So, and and the girls are so nice there, you know, and if I'm ringing up and I want something else that they haven't got, they they can go out and, and source that for me as well, which is brilliant. Oh, I love it. I love a good hamper. If anyone wants to get me anything anytime, get me a hamper with loads of bits and bobs in it. It's brilliant. Fab, fab, fab. So Robert's Food Service, I will make sure that we give them a bit of a plug when we put this out. So anyone down on the South Coast that wants bespoke made hampers, that's the place to go. I love it. Okay, cool. I don't even think that um, since you started, you've mentioned the name of your company. What's the name of your consultant, your sort of like lifestyle management company? Whisper Us, it's called. So it's been going just over a year now, actually. And I won two awards last year as well for it. So I'm pleased. Fabulous. What are the awards? So I won um, a luxury lifestyle award for the work that I do from the clients that I meet, what have you. And then I won another very, it's the same kind of branding, but it's called the Lux Life Award as well for the work that I've done over the last year and my clients and stuff like that. Ah, that's amazing. What what recognition for someone that's been, you know, not been doing it for very long. It just goes to show the impact you're having. Yeah. So I'm really pleased about that. Just keep going, everybody. Plugging away. Exactly. Keep plugging away. And so what's your goal then? So what's your sort of next five years look like in terms of your business? Are you wanting to grow and get loads of clients and grow your team or are you wanting purposely to keep it quite small? Um, do you know what? I, I originally started out thinking, actually, I'm going to try and keep it a bit more contained. And as the months have gone by, I now want to expand. I do want to get more on the team because I really enjoy the work and if I, if I can get the right team on board as well. So yeah, my plan is to grow. Obviously, I've got my new office opening up on the 1st of March. So that will mean I can concentrate on my clients near my home as well, which is going to be really good. And um, yeah, see, see what happens really. But to ca- carry on as I am, definitely. Good. Good. Well, watch this space. Well, if you're down in the South Coast and you have clients or you, you yourself or dad's down there and looking for uh, support when it comes to PA or concierge or sort of estate management, then Emma is definitely the place to go. We'll get you sort of linked up across our social platforms and across LinkedIn. And then people can, can connect with you on LinkedIn, I assume, if they want to talk to you. Is that the best way? Yeah, that sounds great. Thank you so much for today. It's been really nice, actually. Really nice. I felt a bit like I was a bit scared oh. this morning. I thought, oh my speaking to somebody about what I do sometimes you've got like a brain freeze sometimes you want to say something really like you know whatever and then your brain just dies Honestly, I, honestly, I, I'm exactly the same. Exactly the same. When people ask me questions, or even on this podcast, I'm like, right, come across dead professional. Go on, you can do it. I listen to myself, and I'm like, oh god. But no, it's not like about that at all. It's it's good that people g- 
get to know you and see you who, who you are and find out a bit more about what you do. Um, and yeah, any opportunity to sort of promote your services um, is only a good thing. So it's a good thing to have done. And it's nice for people to, again, we have different people on that do different things in different parts of the world. And um, yeah. people find it more fascinating than you think. You know, people love people. We're nosy people at the end of the day, aren't we? So, well, look, thank you ever so much for your time. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks for coming on. And as, as I said before, anybody that wants to reach out to you will connect with you on LinkedIn um, across all of our posts. So um, hopefully if anyone's got any questions, they can come straight to you so that's a wrap thanks Emma speak to you soon thank you to Emma once again for coming on the show I hope you've all enjoyed this week's episode as always you know where we are if we can help you with anything you can message me directly on LinkedIn or you can pop me an email at philippa at silverswanrecruitment.com feel free to ask me anything feel free to do any of your own supplier shout outs and then as always if you um, are looking for work or you're looking for staff please come and see us at silverswanrecruitment.com I'll see you all in a couple of weeks cheers everyone bye